All right, are you all ready? Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to preach a message this morning called Full of God, to be full of God. Now, I want to read this to us in the book of Ephesians. Paul is writing a letter to the church in Ephesus. And he, he, he tells them, I'm praying for you. And in Ephesians 3.14, he begins, he says, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That means there's Christians outside of these walls. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit inside your inner man. That Christ would dwell in your heart through faith, that you would be rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend or understand with saints the width, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ that passes mere intellectual knowledge. And that you would be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything you ask or think according to the power that works in you, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, think about something for a minute when you read that. Have you ever thought about the concept of, of a human being walking around on this planet full of God? Now, he wouldn't have said it if it wasn't possible. But it has to be, and it is possible, for people to walk around on this planet full of of God, full of the spirit of God. Now think about that for a minute because that's an incredible, almost heresy to say, I'm, I'm, I'm full of God. I actually said that to a man one day and we were having dinner, well, lunch, and he was a businessman and he said, Pastor Morgan, he said, you're not like anybody I ever met. He said, what is it? I said, I'm full of God. Now, that means, that, what that means is I, I could be full of me. I could be full of intellect. I could be full of studying. I could be full of a lot of stuff. I could be full of manure. And I've met a few preachers like that. I've met some Christians like that. Full of baloney is what I should have said. But for me to look at him and say, well, I'm full of God, which means... That I think sometimes God is in us, and we always run around saying, God lives in my heart. Yeah, but wouldn't it be nice if we actually let him out? Amen. What would it be like for people to walk, even a church full of people, to walk around on this planet full of the Spirit of God? Amen. It would almost be like a whole bunch of little Jesuses running around, wouldn't it? So Paul is praying. Paul is praying that the church in Ephesus, that they would be full of the love of God, that's possible, and then full of God. Well, before we get out of here today, I think we should pray that we would be full of God. Now, I want to go over something with you that that I've said before, but it's actually astounding. Look at John 14, 10 before we do that. Pop it on the screen and we'll just read it. Look Look at what Jesus says about his own ministry. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me and the works, the words I'm speaking to you? I'm not speaking on my own authority. The Father who dwells in me does the work. Now, we, we say this, well, God lives in me. Well, if he does, where's the works? We're going to talk about that. Now, let, let's talk about Christianity now. Did you know that Christianity is 100% supernatural? There is nothing natural about your faith in God. Not, not a drop. There's nothing 
that nothing. Let's start off in the beginning because the, the atheist or the, the, not the atheist, but the agnostics are people on the earth. They say we came from the big bang. Well, okay, let's just take that apart for a minute. There, let's say there was a bang, but they're starting with sun and dirt and water. What our faith says that when the, in the beginning, there wasn't any dirt or water. God said, light be. What, where, what was there before he said that? Nothing. There wasn't anything there. Then he said, earth be. It wasn't earth. Dog be, elephant be. I mean, he literally spoke everything that's in existence into existence, which means he is a supernatural God. And the chair you're sitting in right now is made out of words. That's amazing. They, they have already proven scientifically that the, there's something smaller than an atom, and it's called a cork. They finally discovered the, the source of all substance. And guess what a cork is made out of? Words. It's made out of sound. That's a, I mean, it, finally the scientist came along and said, uh, somebody spoke this. And we're like, we knew that. We could have asked us because it's always been written down in the book for a long time. So let's, let's, let's go back then. Let's just, let's just start from there. So God comes along and he wants to make a man and he, and he makes this big mud pie. Maybe Adam was brown. All right. So he makes a big mud pie and he walks up to him and he looks him right in the, in the assumed mouth and he breathes on him and he became a living being. And th- that's supernatural, folks. I mean, that's, most kids making mud pies are not out speaking to it and turning them into people. So then he wants to make a woman and he goes, well, mud won't do. So he made the woman out of the man. Now, let me, let me let help, ladies, let me help you a little bit. When it says he took a rib, they didn't know what to do with that word in the Hebrew because it literally says he took a side of Adam, which means that he took the feminine side out of Adam and made him ish and ishy or male and female. So Adam, when God made him, was both male and female. Don't ask me how that worked because I don't know. But that means that God is both male and female. Because he had to be in order to make men and women. So then he makes a woman and Adam goes, oh, hallelujah. Whoa, man. And then he gives him a commandment. Re- reproduce. He's running around the garden. Ain't nobody got no clothes on. And all he's got to do is make babies. What an assignment that was. I'm just reading the Bible, guys. So then after that, after that, we, we go on down through time and we, and we come up to the fact that Adam messed the whole thing up and God gets in the middle of it. So, so, so he, he comes up with this guy named Abraham, which he pulls out of Ur the Chaldees. Abraham finally got to the place where he was impotent. That means it ain't working, guys. No Viagra yet, but he, there nothing he could do about it. 
and he's married to a woman who's past the time of life and he comes along and says, by the way, y'all are going to have a couple, you know, you're going to have a baby. And Sarah laughed and they named him, they named the baby Isaac, which means laughter because she thought it was funny. So, so God comes along and you understand that the whole Jewish race is supernatural. There's nothing natural about, that's why there's a problem in the Middle East now, because that's a supernatural race of people God placed on the earth and gave them a supernatural anointing and, and, it, and they're not even supposed to be there and the whole world wants that little tiny piece of land and they're after those little group of people only because they're a supernatural race. So Abraham has kids, Isaac and Jacob, and then Joseph comes along, his brothers chunk him into a, a well, and then they, they, they sell him into Egypt, and, and he becomes a slave, and then he's put in prison, and then he ends up running the country. Folks, that's not natural. That's totally supernatural what God did. And then, then, and then Joseph comes out, and the children of Israel are, are, are put into a bondage, and so God has a boy named Egypt, which was supposed to be killed but but supernaturally then then the 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 Potiphar I mean the Pharaoh's daughter or wife or whoever found him in a brush and called him Moses which means out of water took him home and educated the deliverer in Pharaoh's course then God pulls him out of there he talks to a burning bush and sends him back with a stick in his hand and everything that's done to get the children of Israel out is totally 100% supernatural. Right up to the splitting of the Red Sea, carried them through the Red Sea, food out of heaven from nowhere, water from a rock from nowhere, a cloud covering by day so they don't burn up, a fire at night so they don't freeze to death, and everything from the time he brings them out of Egypt until they enter the promised land and turns the whole thing over to Joshua, and Joshua destroys the whole city of Jericho because angels came down and smacked the whole city down into the dirt supernatural. Naturally, and then he needed more time to fight the battle. So he speaks to the sun. The sun quits. That's not possible, but it's totally supernatural. Amen. Then he wins all of the battles and does that supernaturally. Amen. Folks, am I doing okay? I'm, kind of make, I'm trying to make a point. So then we come along and Jesus comes into the earth and we realize that he has been born by immaculate conception, which means he's got a mommy, but he has no daddy. And, and Mary said, how's this going to be? I don't know a man. Uh, uh, and so, you know, she had an engagement ring, but that's about as far as that went. And so kind of like a Hallmark movie, but she hadn't gotten pregnant. She's a virgin. And the angel said, well, you're going to have a baby. She said, are you serious? Are you out of your mind? She, he says, no, the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost, and she has a baby supernaturally. Well, Jesus was born supernaturally. And then at the age of 30 years of age, he's baptized by John and the Holy Ghost comes on him. And he begins a ministry, supernatural ministry, which means that he's at a party one day and they run out of wine and he says, go get some water. Now, if that had been up to you and I, we would have taken it up an offering, passed the plate, got gone out. We'd, I mean, we'd have done something. And you would think that at one time Jesus would do one thing natural, but he never did anything natural. So he turns around and says, just get the water and just turn it. I'm going to stick my finger in it and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And he went out and the guy said, well, this is the best wine I've ever had in my life. He says, natural, supernatural, yeah. 
And so that was the beginning of his ministry right on the way through his life. Now, now th- I want you to think of everything Jesus did, everything was supernatural. Now, you know, you know the day that he said to Peter, he said, he said you know, these guys don't have anything to eat. And, and you go back and read it. Peter got the calculator out and he said, now I got a business plan. Now, if there's 5,000 men plus women and children, and, and if we had a year's wages, and he's over there on his, on his, t- you know, on his phone, on his iPhone, and he says, Jesus, I have got this all figured out. All we need is one year's wages. We feed everybody. And Jesus says, Peter, sit down, shut up, and just get them into, just, just break them up into crowds of 50 and put your phone away. Put the phone away. Oh, my God, put the phone away. Because he didn't do that the way everybody else would do it. Now, now, I mean, we could go on like this all day long. I mean, there was a time that, that Jesus was in the boat sleeping, trying to catch a nap. And the, and the disciples woke him up and said, don't you care? We're perishing. So he gets up and he goes, oh, I can't believe y'all woke me up for this. And so he talks to the seas, which freaked him out. Nobody ever did that kind of stuff. But the next time he wants to talk to them, he's not in the boat. He says, you guys get on out of here. And then he comes walking up to the boat. And he says, do y'all remember the problem we had when I was in? He said, but, um, he said, you don't even need a boat. And they're like, ah. And we have forgotten that we are a supernatural people. And we have a supernatural God. Why are we trying to fix our problems in the natural? I am preaching good. Because the whole church today is wigging out over what are we going to do. Now let's talk about you for a minute. The new birth. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new species of being that never existed before. Thank you. I got me the tissue lady over there. I might need a tissue. She'll come through. The new birth. What did you have to do with that? Nothing. God supernaturally took you from a sinner to a saint in a nanosecond. Turned, took your spirit, man, took all of your sins, nailed them to the cross and buried them in the, in the depths of hell and brought you out of hell full of God so that if any man's in Christ, is a new creation and made you the very righteousness of God. Folks, that's supernatural. There's nothing natural about someone being born again. Now, if you're here today and you're not charismatic or Pentecostal, have someone explain at lunch what I'm about to say. But then he turned around and said, these people don't know how to pray. When God said you don't know how to pray, what that means in the Greek is you don't know how to pray. In other words... There is not enough in this three-pound brain to get you out of the mess you in. You don't have enough in there, 
And if you lived 100,000 years, we couldn't stuff enough up in there. So God's looking down from heaven and going, oh, what a sight. He's born again and he don't have any sense. Now, I'm not talking about you, but Catherine. And Catherine, now, now, I'm talking about all of us. Now, see, the Baptists have never figured this out. Because they got this, we got this down. All you need is Jesus. Well, well, he told you don't leave Jerusalem until you do it with power from on high. And he didn't ask you your opinion of it. It was kind of like a commandment, so you might want to get on board, baby. All right. So then he comes along and gives you a supernatural language. That means that your brain has no idea what you just said. Now, you know, I went in, and I won't ever do this again, but when my heart kicked out of rhythm, they, they knocked me out and wanted to um, try to kick it back in. And he, when I came out from under the anesthesia, he said, do you speak Spanish? <laughs> I said, no, sir. I said, I know, you know, donde esta el baño, es muy importante. <laughs> and, and yo quiero café con leche. I said, that's about the extent of it. Taco, and yo quiero taco bueno. And I know a few, I know a few. I can eat, I can eat and get to the bathroom. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> but he said, he said, the whole time we had you out, you were talking in a foreign language. Because you can, you, can, you can knock my brain out, but you can't knock the Holy Ghost out of the inside of me. And so they may have knocked me out, but they didn't knock my spirit man out. And so he thought it might be a real good time to talk to God about what they were doing. And he said, man, you were just cutting loose the whole time. And I said, he said, what was that? And I said, you got an hour? And I told him, I said, it's tongues. And he's going, well, it was something. I said, yeah. <laughs> Folks, listen, we have a supernatural God, a supernatural new birth, a supernatural language. God lives in us. Yeah, I mean, that's a heavy thought. That's, I mean, we're talking Red Sea, make the earth. And now we're running around telling people he's in us? And then you think you have a problem. You don't have any problems. I'm doing pretty good. I hadn't even got started yet. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. I mean, poke someone next to you and say, I think he's talking to you. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean to your understanding. Folks, whatever you're in the middle of right now, you are not going to figure it out. One more time. Whatever you're in the middle of right this minute, you do not have enough gray matter to figure that out. God never asked you to figure it out. He said, as a matter of fact, you start trying to fix this with your brain, you're going to lay awake at night staring at the ceiling going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Did you know that everything I've ever been through in life, did you know that every plan I ever had never came to fruition and God never did anything about it I thought he should the way I thought he should fix it? I've just learned after a while, just quit, quit helping him. 
What do you want to do about this and how do you want to do about it? Good night. Because ain't no sense in both of us staying awake all night long. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Boy, I'm preaching good, a bit, way better than y'all are amening, but I'm going to get some of you to, some of y'all have smiled since you came in, so I think that's good. I mean, you actually broke your, that makeup off your face. Galatians chapter 3. Oh, foolish of Popconians. Who hath bewitched you that you would not obey the truth in whose eyes Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified? I want to ask you a question. Did you receive the Spirit, that's the new birth, by the works of the law or by the hearing of your faith? How'd you get saved? How'd you get from going to hell to going to heaven? What did you do about that? You didn't do anything about that. You got it by faith in Jesus, didn't you? Now look at this. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, you're now being made perfect by your flesh? You, you listen, I don't, you're not helping God. I, Abraham tried it. We have an Arab uprising because of one piece of stupid. Y'all don't want any more Ishmael's. But yet every one of us in this room try with all of our might to fix the stuff we're going through. Whether it's your kids. Want to stay here a while? Whether it's those wild, crazy, nutty, rebellious kids. You're... You are not going to fix it. You have screamed and you have hollered and you have fussed and you have cussed and you ain't got it fixed yet. And you're not going to. Now let's talk about you businessmen. You trying to get that all fixed. Folks, folks, there's just some things you're not going to do. Now, we could talk all day about every problem in the world, but he told you to be anxious for Zippo, nada, and everything, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. All right, now we're going to get into it. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Go to Matthew eleven twenty eight. Thank you for my tissue paper. Next time, give me something that doesn't fall apart. No, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. Now, I want to show you this. Jesus said this. Come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden, I'm going to give you what? Rest. You know what Americans look like? If I was God and I wanted to do a YouTube video of Americans, I would video an anthill. And you die. I'll come over here and preach it because they didn't get it. Y'all seen those New York videos where they speed the cameras up? Where in the world do we think we're going so fast? 
come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly. And you'll find what? Rest. Rest. That means y'all have to give up that ugly look on y'all's face. <laughs> well, you walk around looking like all hell day. You just don't know what I'm going through. Well, I'm not saying you're not going through stuff. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many, honey, if you're righteous, you're either, in, you're either headed to a trial in one or coming out of one. That's, that's all there is to it. So if, you're, if you've already come out of one, then just go ahead and catch your breath. You headed into another one. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I got good news for you. I got good news for you. This time, you're not going to rely on your flesh. You're going to go into this one with a lemonade in your hand and a hammock under your backside and going, come on, bring it on, baby. All right, we go, that's, why we're pre- that's why I'm preaching today. That's why I'm doing this. Pay attention. All right, Luke 6, 12. Now I'm going to begin my sermon. I was just doing the uh, preliminaries. Luke 6, verse 12. It came to pass in those days, he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Let me ask you a question. Does God the Father not know why he sent Jesus? I'm pretty sure he remembered why. So why was it necessary for Jesus to pray about it? Now that right there will hair lip 95% of the denominational Christians you've ever met because God can do anything. No, he can't. suck all the air out, and then give it back. He can't lie. Wow, that's a thought. He can't die. He can't even violate his own word. In other words, did he say Jesus is the only way? He can't change that. Because in his sovereignty, he has limited himself. But now he did that. One of the things that he's limited himself to is your prayer life. Foot got stuck. (laughs) Now see, this messes people up because if you ain't asking, he ain't helping. That means prayer ain't ain't a ritual and it's not a burden. Folks, it's muy necesito. So even Jesus himself had to go out. And it didn't say he went out and raised some money. It didn't say he went to Bible school. It said he went out and prayed. That means that is the most important thing on the earth. Jesus was successful because he was full of God. And he never met a problem he couldn't fix. Are we doing something good today? Are we, are we kind of, see, God already gave us the answer and it's easy. 
Look at your neighbor and say, this is, I think this is easy. Um, okay. I, I think he just made that up. All right, let's go to another one. Let's go to Acts 4. Come on, I got, come on, I got, to, I got to show you a bunch of scriptures because if I don't, see, I've already got people looking at me like a dog at a new bowl. Like, I don't know what that guy said. He said that right there, and I've never heard anything like that before in my whole life, Billy Bob. Maybe my family got themselves in a cult. Because we believe in prayer? All right. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing what everybody's relative says when you say, come to church with me. They're right with God at home, and you're not right with God in church. Now, that's amazing. You're praying, and they're right. All right. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go. They found no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. A man over 40 years old had been healed. Next scripture. And being let go, they went to where? Their own companions. Do you have companions? Yes. God puts you in a church not so that everybody in it could agree, but so you'd have some place to go when you get in trouble. Because some of the stuff you're going to is going to take a 220-volt prayer and not a 110. You're only producing a 110. So that means that when you get into some serious trouble, you've got to get a hold of somebody and say, I'm going to need a 220 on this one, honey. Let's you and I get an agreement. So God put you in a church so that you would have a companion so you're not walking through the fire by yourself. Because when you get in trouble, you're going to need some help. All right, so he went to their own companions and reported all that the Democrats and the Republicans are doing. I'm not for either one of them, so just, I'm just a Christian. Ah. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God and said, they got all Washington totally screwed up. Well, never mind. Let's get off of that for a minute and come back to you here for a minute. Lord, you are God. You made heaven and earth and sea and everything that's in it. Now, they're going to talk to God about this mess. Let's go to the next one. Who by the mouth of your servant David said, why are the nations raging and people plotting vain things? Have you watched Facebook lately? Is there a mess? Oh, there is a mess. But are we worried? I don't think so. There is a group of people on the earth. Full of God. They're they're about to find this out. David is rising up again. Who is that boy over there that just killed that big giant with a nine millimeter Glock? Never mind. Now, if that had been today, that's what he'd have had, but that's all he had. I think he'd have had a Smith and Wesson. By the mouth of your servant David said, why do the nations rage and people plot vain things? Verse 26. The kings of the earth have taken their stand and rulers are gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. 
truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, Herod, Pontius Pilate, all the Gentiles. Have you ever felt like the whole world was coming down? I mean, folks, listen to me. I can't get into it in the second service because I'm being taped. But I've been to hell. I have been to hell. I mean, I have had all hell break loose. You think, my God, is there anybody else out there that don't like me? Have y'all ever been through anything? I know y'all ain't never been, so I don't know who I'm preaching to. Let's go to verse 28. To do whatever your hand and purpose determined to be done, let's go, roll it. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Now, I don't know who it is threatening you. I don't know what you're going through, but grant to us, your servants, boldness. We're getting ready to start speaking some words. We're fixing to start saying some stuff. By stretching out your hand to heal, you might need it. And signs and wonders will be done. See, listen to me. You're you're looking for answers in all the wrong places. You're going to have to go back and get on your face before a holy God. And you're going to have to pray this thing out. You know, I'm sure that back in the day they had that three-minute prayer and four-minute prayer. But you know what? You know what happened in American churches? We took the altars out. Someone said, what happened to America? We took the altars out of church because there was a time at the end of service people could get up there and get a hold of God and get some answers to some prayer. We're talking supernatural answers to you. What you're going through right now is a supernatural problem. You're going to need a supernatural God to answer a supernatural prayer and get you out of it supernaturally. Nothing's changed, but because you are a supernatural man, full of a supernatural God, you're more than a match for anything the devil will ever throw at you. That's why he said, exceeding abundantly above. Honey, when God gave you the Holy Ghost, He didn't give you a little Holy Ghost. He gave you the same guy that went into hell and brought Jesus out of the region of the damned. I mean, every devil in hell was trying to stop him. And you got the same Holy Ghost on the inside of you. This is an unfair fight. God versus an angel. So when the devil goes, I'm going to take you out, say, ha, 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 shanda, haba, haba, kada, ha, shanda. Come on, baby. You're talking about a man full of God. I understand that in the natural, I can do nothing, but I'm not in the natural. So your prayer life is the most important thing you do all day long. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing you want to do is go, good morning, Holy Ghost. 
Someone tell them what I said if they don't understand it. But listen to me, listen to me. God, God filled you. Wall to wall, God. Paul prayed, God, I pray for the, the people in Ephesus, not that they'd have an education or a better job. Fill them so full of God. Fill them full of God. Boy, I mean, I think I'm doing a pretty decent job of explaining this. He said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. All right, let's look at one more over here. Let's look. Acts 12. We're just getting started here this morning. Just, whoa, glory to God. I got to tell y'all something. I mean, honest to God, as, as smart as I am, and Tim, I'm smart. My grandfather was the professor of horticulture at the University of Georgia. My dad was one of the engineers that designed the C5A galaxy. I mean, I'm a smarty. But I got to tell y'all, I've had some stuff in my life where I had no idea what I was doing. All of the engineering and all of the professors, and I'm sitting there going, I don't have a clue. And I would just sit in my chair and go, and just get full of God. It's amazing. I, I got to tell them my story, Lisa. It's It's okay. I didn't mean to embarrass you in the first. This week, I had a great trial. I lost my gym shorts. And I couldn't figure out where they were. Someone had put them somewhere else. I'm not bringing any accusations on anybody, but... I looked in my drawer and then I went in the other closet and I looked in the closet, I looked in my gym bag, I looked in my truck. I mean, honestly, looked everywhere and they're just, you know, I mean, they're just one pair of shorts. I mean, it's not like you could just lose a pair of gym shorts. Our house ain't that big. So finally, in, in total desperation, I prayed. It's come down to this. And, and Lisa heard me in, the, in, the, in my office. I was in there and I said, God, where is my gym shorts? And I mean, immediately, as fast as lightning, it hit my head. They're on Joshua's bed. And you know, I'm thinking, what in the world are my gym shorts doing in Joshua's room? Someone must have taken them and folded them up and put them in. But I asked them about that, and they said they don't know nothing about my gym shorts. So I, it, I, I got up and walked into Joshua's room, and there they were, laying right on Josh's bed, folded up all real pretty. And I hollered, and I said, hey, Lisa, how did my gym shorts get on Joshua's bed? And she affirmed, I don't have any idea how that happened. There's only two of us in the house. One plus one equals. So I'm not making any accusations, but thank God. 
So I, I kind of thought to myself, if he cares about Jim Shorts, I mean, if God actually would show me where my shorts are, do you think he would help me with anything else I'm going through? Oh, yeah, he will. And I walked out there and I said, oh, my God, I got some praying to do. I got all kind of things I don't know what I'm doing. He's a good God. I mean, he knows where gym shorts are. I never did read this over here in Acts, but I'd like to before. (laughs) Acts 12. About that time, Herod, the king, stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. He thought, well, if that was good, I think I'll kill another one. Now, I want you to know something. They're going to kill him. This ain't a joke. They're going to kill him. That's a bad day, right? I mean, they take you off and say, what's going to happen to me? We're going to kill you. And then he falls asleep. That's a word of knowledge for some of you. Verse 4, they arrested him. They put him in prison. They delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before the people after Passover. They're going to kill him. But Peter therefore kept in prison, but what? Constant what? Prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of it. I'm going to tell you the story. He's in there and the church is praying. Have you ever read that scripture that says that he has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways unless you dash your foot on a stone? Have you ever read over there that the angels of God are, are, are ministering spirits sent to minister for those that are heirs of salvation? So Peter's in there sleeping and then he wakes up and he looks up and there's this guy standing there and he said, "Uh, put your sandals on, put your coat on, it's cold. And the prison door opened up and they walked right out into the cold and left. And he says, I think God sent his angel. Let me ask you a question. Do you have angels? What is it that the Bible says they're listening for? They're listening for the word of God. It didn't say the word of God had to be in God's mouth. You could put the word in your mouth. They're standing around you right now waiting on you to start praying the word of God so they can go to work. Somebody tell me you think this is important. Yeah, this is very important. And for all you Spanish, muy importante. Gloria a Dios, Jesús el Señor, amén. And donde está el baño? I just ran out of Spanish. But anyway, <laughs> let's go to Acts 27 and we'll see if we can find another one in here. I'm, I'm trying to make a point. Everything you and I are going through that we're trying to figure it out, you're not going to. you might want to go and start praying and get full of God. Now, the good news is, is it's easy. 
building yourself up on your most holy faith? Praying and Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Folks, that's so simple that you could, you could miss it. I mean, you're sitting there thinking, I got problems and I'm singing. This is, not de- this is just not deep enough. <laughs> I got to get real spiritual here. <laughs> Folks, it, it, we, could, we could complicate God if we really worked at it. Twenty-seven, twenty. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, no small tempest beat on me and all hope that I would be saved was given up. Pastor, if you only knew, if you just understood what all I'm going through right now, it's hopeless. Not. Uh uh. It might be hopeless to you. After long absence from food. Now, fasting is not going to fix this. You might, okay. We know, what, what's Paul doing? He's praying. Paul stood in the midst of them and said, man, you should have listened to me. You ever said that to your kids? And not have sailed. You're a kid. Okay. And not sailed from Crete incurred this disaster and loss. And some of you told your husband that. I told you, I told you. Now I'm urging you to take heart. There will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. There stood by me this night an angel of God and whom I belong and whom I serve and said, don't be afraid. Put your name in there. I got something for you to do. You ain't done yet. This is impossible, but not with me. In other words, I got an angel standing there beside you, and he's fixing to do some stuff. Now, I said this in the other service. Listen, I'd like to tell you about my first marriage, but I'm really, it's not, a, it's not the best thing for me to publicly tell you because I'm trying to protect the guilty. Well, I'm going to tell you there that I had an angel walk in the bedroom when I was in Tulsa. I weighed 138 pounds. I didn't eat for 30 days. I was dying. Do you know that's possible? There was no way out. And the angel said to me, give her to me. Now, I didn't listen to everything he said. Or it wouldn't have taken me five years. But God turned my situation around. If I had known that, I'd have left Tulsa sooner. Anybody out there, y'all go home. I'm telling you all, y'all, he's got 
this. All right, all right. Now I'm going to have to close now. I'm running. I'm running. I'm just. Philippians chapter 4. I think y'all are getting it. You're like, I think I got that part. You ready for the next part? Now, I'm going to say this. I wish that I could tell you I've never worried. I'd be lying because I have worried. Didn't do any good, but I did it. And some of y'all do it too. None of it ever did me any good. In every situation I have ever been in, and I'm telling you what, I wished I could stand here and tell you what I've been through. Because people look at me and go, Pastor, you just don't know. And I go, really? I can tell you some stories. Ask Lisa. She said, yeah. We've been through some stuff. And I'm talking stuff there was no way out but God. And Lisa and I have sat in our living room, held hands and sat and, and just gone to God with it. And, 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 and much, a lot of it didn't turn out the way we thought, but, it, but it, it turned. And we're still got a couple of projects we're in the middle of right now. We got some projects, but we're not finished. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, see, we can't do that. How in the world are you going to get happy with all this trouble going on? <laughs> Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for what? Nothing. That's not easy to do. Let's come over here. That's not easy to do. But I'm going to make a statement to you. God don't answer worried prayers. That's right. That's right. Until you kick the worry habit. When Brother Hagin was on his deathbed, the first thing God had to talk to him was getting over the fear of dying. You got to get over the fear. You got to get to where you're carefree. I don't have a care. God, you got this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and then and then only will the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Say, I am a supernatural man. And the girls, you can say woman if you would like. With a supernatural God. And God the Holy Ghost lives inside of me. There's nothing him and I cannot handle. Amen. Now, he didn't say you weren't going to pray about it. He didn't say. Now, I'm going to give you another one. He didn't say there wouldn't be any problems. You got to quit crying because there's a problem. He promised you problems. If you're born again, have you ever not known? You have an enemy and he don't like you. 
get over it. He's out to kill you, take you out, destroy your life, your health, and your family. And there's nothing you can do about it in the natural. But we're not natural. I believe before Jesus comes back that the church will actually get over itself and start walking full of God. You know, we're going to see times when people get up out of church and they're going to walk into Walmart and someone's going to be sitting there going, oh, sweetheart, get out of that wheelchair in Jesus' name. Get up in Jesus' name and just go on by. And I'm, I'm, we're, I th- we're going to start seeing because what would happen if we actually had people who believed that God Almighty lives in me and lived on this earth full of God. I don't think we've seen it. I've seen pieces of it. Now, for the ones of you that are visitors, I've got to tell my famous stories. I went bow fishing one day, and when I got there, I had a big dilemma. The water was muddy. I can't see the fish. And I said, God, I drove all the way down here south of St. Cloud to go fishing, and I can't see the fish. What to, and I thought that he would cause the fish to pop up. I really did. I thought, I'm, make them pop so I can see them. And he didn't do that. He gave me a word of knowledge that right there is a fish. And I'm, when there's nobody, no, you don't have to look stupid. I'm the only guy in the lake. I don't have to worry about what you think about me shooting in the mud. But I did look. Make sure nobody's watching me shoot at nothing. And I took my bow and drew it back. And, and when I hit a fish, I had a Holy Ghost fit. I just shot a fish I can't see. I shot 10 in a row and never saw one. That's not natural. That's not normal. There's more to us than we've ever experienced. Wow. Y'all, are some of y'all thinking? Just imagine what life would be like if the Bible were true. This is good. So Paul prays, I pray for the church in Ephesus that they would be filled with the fullness of God. I'm not going to go see the Paul movie. I can't stand stupid people writing movies about the second greatest man that ever walked this planet. I don't think anybody's ever made a movie about Paul. I think they've turned him into a whiny baby like themselves. You take a man that shook a snake off and went and prayed for the head of the country and got him healed. You take a man that's been shipwrecked, snake bitten, stoned to death, and you want to make a movie about him? But that's just one man. 
Is Paul in a class by himself? Or is it possible, Melanie Hayward, for us to live like that? Honey, it's possible. Man, we ain't seen nothing yet. I'm, I'm basically out of sermon. Are y'all thinking? One last story, and I'm going to close with this. If you ever heard R.W. Schambach preach, which I thought he was a black guy. Somebody shout glory. I used to love to listen to him preach. I'd take my radio and go upstairs and stick it on the screen, the antenna, and listen to this guy preach. He always made this statement. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Now, here's where he got that story. There was a very wealthy businessman who was a multimillionaire back in the 40s and 50s who came down with a disease, and he lost his business. He lost all of his money, ran out of health insurance. His wife left him, and they finally put him in a hospital, and, the, and they called the priest in, and they covered his face up with, with a towel. And you're done. And he's laying there under the covers praying. He said, a man walked through the wall with a robe on. We know that to be Jesus. And he looked at him and said, you don't have any problems. And he said, what nutty nurse is this? All you need is faith in God. And he turned and laid his hand on him and walked out. Are y'all out there? You know what? Now, I hate to say this. You really don't have any problems except staying full of God. Amen. That should be your and my highest priority in life is to get full of God and stay full of God. I'm done. Um, I, I, I go eat now. <laughs> Let's pray before we do. Heavenly Father, I pray over everybody in the sound of my voice right here. That prayer over in the book of Ephesians, that we would all be filled with the fullness of God. And for the God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything we could ask or think would go to work on our behalf. And Father, I thank you that as one man, while I'm on this planet, I'm going to do everything in my power to walk full of you. I may not have everything else together, but I know I can do that. And I have a sneaky feeling that a lot of things will turn out right if I just start doing just that. And I feel like everybody in this room will. So I pray over all of us that we would be filled with the fullness of God. Pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, fill me up from the top of my head to the soles of my feet with your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see y'all Easter. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. 
If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.